Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Model X pricing info is revealed, including a secret Easter egg option I'll tell you how to get. Plus, dealers hate selling EVs and your calls from the Ride the Lightning hotline. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day you happen to be listening to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. This is Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast. It's episode 18 for the end of November. It's November 29th, 2015. A couple of housekeeping notes at the top. One, apologies for my voice. Uh, had a cold like last week and now it's there's just my sinuses are all clogged up, which you can probably hear. So uh, I do apologize for that. And uh, second, the other thing that went horribly wrong this week was uh, my recorder that I used the, to record the show broke. It was a, you know, only a couple months old, so it's being sent in for repair. It sounds like it's going to get taken care of, but yeah, it has a, this is this nice uh, recorder. It's the, I think it's H4N Handy Recorder by a company called Zoom, and it, but it has the flimsiest on-off switch I've ever seen. The, the, the thing actually worked, the on-off switch broke. So uh, good, good recorder otherwise, but eh, I'm not so sure I can quite recommend it. It is like a $200 recorder. Anyway, uh, happy holidays to everyone. I wonder if any of you out there will be getting a Model S with a big giant bow on it from a loved one this holiday season, or maybe, or maybe it'll be uh, from yourself for yourself. I know I'd personally love to have a multi-coat red 85D with all the trimmings, hint, hint. Anyone that really likes the show out there that's independently wealthy, that wants to help make the show a lot better by getting me a car, uh, you know where to find me <laughs> on the internet. Uh, anyway, uh, on a related note, I was having dinner in downtown Palo Alto tonight, and I gotta say, like, I'm used to it by now, but... Some of you who live in areas of the country where there aren't that many Teslas, even when I go visit my, my parents and my relatives in the Phoenix area, there are not a lot there. I know, you know, Scottsdale is a little, I don't spend a lot of time in Scottsdale, but they're a little more prevalent there. But just in general, you know, the, there's, there's definitely, you know, not nearly as many, but boy, for some of you that live in, in, shall we say, Tesla sparse areas of the country would be absolutely shocked, pardon the phrasing, to, to walk around or drive around downtown Palo Alto. You practically can't throw a rock without hitting a Model S. Uh, by the way, don't do that, because if you throw a rock, you might hit a Model S. Uh, but it's, it's good to see, it's really good to see so many folks rocking the hometown car down here in the Bay Area, particularly in Palo Alto. Of course, uh, if you're not aware, Tesla's headquarters is located in Palo Alto, not quite near downtown, but in Palo Alto. And the factory is on the other side of the bay over in Fremont. It's, it's almost literally a straight line. I uh, take the Dumbarton Bridge across. But uh, in any case, I want to start out a quick note from the mailbag this week. I hope I'm going to pronounce his last name correctly. If not, I do apologize, Jonas. His name is Jonas. It's either Clausen or Clausen. I'm going to go with with Clausen, because I think Clausen would be with a K. Anyway, he writes and it says, Hi Ryan, I love the podcast and really appreciate the work you put into keeping me up to date with all the Tesla and EV news. Like you, I plan to put down a deposit for a Model 3 in March. I won't be going for a SIG model because reliability is tantamount to me, 
I know how production goes, uh, et cetera, et cetera. What I do want in my Model 3 is maximum range. 400 miles would be good for me. You see, I like to travel and camp and explore, and with only 200 to 300 miles of range, road trip options are severely diminished. So my question is, when do you think Tesla will achieve a battery pack and vehicle with 400 miles of range? Excellent question, Jonas. I think I may have covered this in the past, but maybe not, maybe not explicitly. So we already know that the Gigafactory is going to drive battery chemistry improvements at lower costs for Tesla. It is their, their Statue of Liberty play here in, in the, if, if uh, the, the car industry is a, is a football game. And we already know that the Model 3 should have a base range of at least 220 uh, real-world miles, because Elon has said, you know, that, that he wants, he wants it to be like 200 actual miles you can count on, which could mean upwards of 230, even 240 EPA-rated miles. So what I'm, where I'm going with this is, I think that means the bigger battery option on the Model 3, which also will be driven by gigafactory advancements and economies of scale, could be right about 300 miles or so, I'm thinking. Uh, and I think that's when you're going to see the Model S and the X, albeit with a slight range penalty on the X due to its increased size. But I think that's when you're going to see the S and X get a 400-mile battery as a way to keep that car not only at the, the, as the top dog in the Tesla family, but to keep it leagues ahead of its luxury sports sedan and SUV competitors. So that's, that's how I think it's going to go, and that's what I'm really hoping for as someone who is hoping to buy a, a top-shelf signature Model 3. I would love the biggest battery I can get. I, I don't pretend to think it's, it's going to be, you know, crazy huge, but I think 300 is possible. I think we could get an EPA. I don't know if it'll be, you know, like Elon saying 300, you know, 200 real-world miles for 300, but I do think that a 300 EPA battery, I think if Tesla can achieve that, I think they know that that's a psychological win for them. It's a, it's a psychological barrier. Because, of course, the entire point of Model 3 is to advance the advent of, of sustainable transportation. And, you know, range anxiety is a very real thing, whether, you know, and even, though, even though it is mostly born out of, out of ignorance. And I say I don't use ignorance in a, in a derogatory way, just people that don't know, they're not informed about EVs yet. And I think if, if Model 3, as the mainstream car, so to speak, can get 300, has a battery option that's, that the EPA slaps 300 miles on, I think, versus... Even versus 290 or 295, I think 300, kind of like the way things used to be priced. Well, they still are priced, but things being priced at nine, you know, 29.99 to make it seem a little bit cheaper. Like, oh, that one cent. Oh, it's only it's 20 something. It's not 30 dollars. That doesn't really work on anyone anymore, I don't think. But I think for now, I think a 300 EPA rated uh, mile battery for Model 3 could be huge, and I think Tesla knows that, and, I, and that's why I think there's a good chance of it happening with, in turn, the S and X getting a 350 to even 400-mile battery. Elon has said that they could build a 400-mile car now, but it's just not practical for a number of ways.
Anyway, good stuff from Jonas. Thank you for writing in. And as you'll recall, last week's uh, voicemail question was, what features do you want in your Model 3? And a, uh, f uh, we're going to start with an anonymous caller who is hoping for a coupe and solar roof panels. Caller, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Uh, what, uh, what feature I'd like to see on a 3? A coupe. Uh, two doors. That'd be wicked. Super sexy. Also, this one's a far shot, but uh, solar panel, roof, uh, or hood, something like that. So the thing doesn't even have to be plugged in. Um, so to totally so solar charged battery car. Cool. Well, caller who shall not be named. Thank you for calling in. I have to think that a coupe is definitely on the list for Tesla after Model 3 and Model Y. Now, the big question, I think, is whether or not a coupe will come after the next-gen Roadster or before it. Uh, as for solar panels on the roof, you know, we've seen that before as something of a gimmick. I think by the time Tesla gets around to building a coupe, maybe solar panels will actually be more powerful and or minimized enough for something like that to be integrated into a car in such a way that it makes a tangible difference. So uh, good stuff. I actually think, what was it? Uh, might have even been on the first show I was fantasizing about a gullwing-doored coupe. So we'll see. Uh, next up is a fellow Ryan. Ryan calling in from the road, letting me know what he wants from his Model 3. Fellow Ryan, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is also Ryan. <laughs> um, sorry, I was up in the background. I'm actually uh, on my way to work uh, using the transit system. Um, three features I would like to see in the Tesla Model 3. Let's say one, definitely better battery life. Uh, there's no harm in that. I think having longer range is definitely a necessity for any consumer uh, being able to travel. Uh, two, I think uh, the uh, unique feature, uh, similar to how the other cars have had in the past, so like the Falcon Indoors for the Model X, uh, the ludicrous mode for um, the, the uh, original as well. Uh, but I think a unique feature that stands out on its own that is definitely uniquely Tesla uh, stand up for the Model 3 would be awesome. Uh, lastly, let's see. Uh, I would like to see, uh, I don't know if this is possible for the car, but maybe uh, a glass roof. Uh, somehow, I don't know how they would be able to challenge uh, how the manufacturing process is done, but uh, I think that would be awesome. I've seen the Model X and how, how far back the got gotten, how much more dynamic the view is when driving. I'm sure for, for all those Tesla X owners, Model X owners, uh, I definitely would like to see that. Uh, great job on the show. Big long-time fan. Been following you since uh, uh, Podcast Unlocked days. And still enjoying your, your work. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Well, Ryan, I think you might have to settle for a Model S-style panoramic roof on that last one, which is pretty close to an all-glass roof, but I do suspect you'll get your other two wishes on that. Final call this week is from T-Ray down in Sydney, Australia, who wants to talk about data collection for Tesla cars. T-Ray, go ahead. Okay, Ryan, my name is T-Ray from um, Sydney in Australia. 
Mate, I'm just giving the call to, um, I've got a bit of a question. Do we know how much data that Tesla do collect from their cars? Because um, we, you know, we've heard the stories the other week about the, um, the person who was able to track their, um, you know, their stolen car. And I also know about the, um, the automatically adjusting suspension. Um, so, I mean, these things have got a data connection, they've got GPS. Um, you know, I just think it would be really interesting to know what kind of data that they do store about the cars and the owner's habits and things like that. Um, so that'd be great if you could touch on something like that. Thanks, mate. Well, T-Ray, we know that they're collecting reams of autopilot data, auto steer to help uh, the cars learn the roads better, learn the lanes better. And I suspect that they track a lot of traffic-assisted cruise control data in things like panic stops uh, as well, both the automatic and the manual kind, as well as other things like that for safety studies. And I also have to imagine that they study the da any data, any and all data that they can from accidents, wherever possible. Now, it, it just goes back to, again, the built-in wireless connection with every single car is, as I've talked about before, is such a key way that Tesla can adapt and learn quickly and improve the product at light speed, or rather, <laughs> I suppose in Tesla's case, ludicrous speed, compared to the glacier-like pace of traditional automakers. That wraps it up for this week's hotline. If you'd like to dial in, leave a message, you can do so anytime. Got a question, comment, discussion topic for the podcast. The toll-free number that you can call anytime, day or night, is 1-888-989-8752. Possibly a slightly easier way to remember it. 1-888-989 and then the stock symbol, T-S-L-A. And I remind you, that if you know someone with special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Be right back with this week's news. All right, the big news this week is the base model pricing announced for Model X. $80,000 or $5,000 more than the base price Model S, which is exactly what Elon said it would be. Furthermore, those already on the general production reservation list have been invited to configure their cars for batching and production throughout the first half of 2016. Now, P90Ds will be built first, then 90Ds, and then 70Ds. This is, of course, absolutely unfortunate for 70D or even 90D customers who've been on the list for longer than certain than P90D people. But fair or not, this is what happened with the Model S. And in fact, with the, the D cars, when the Ds hit uh, just over a year ago, you know, back in the beginning, the 85s were, the P85s and 85s were built first, then the 60s, and then the handful of 40s that were promised uh, were fulfilled before Tesla pulled the plug on them, of course. And then with the Ds, it was the P85Ds first, then the, uh, then the uh, 85Ds after that. And of course, the 70D didn't exist yet. But uh, 
Here's, so here's a big one, by the way. Now this, this is the next bit of this news. Here's a big one for you Model X customers. If you have not seen this already, take note of this. This was discovered by Tesla Motors Club forum user Engel, credit to him, after he had a phone call with Tesla. Now production Model Xs, as you may know, have a 48 amp onboard charger which, you know, isn't necessarily ideal if you've, you were planning to or already have a high-powered wall connector with an appropriate circuit in your home to charge the car. Signature models apparently all have a 72-amp charger, uh, but an upgraded onboard charger is not available in the configurator for general production cars, or so you think. If, get this, if you're an X reservation holder and you have access to the configurator, go ahead and load it up now. Pause this, load it up. Now, okay, are you back? You're in there? Type, just type on your keyboard with the configurator on your screen in the, in the active window you're in. Type charger, C-H-A-R-G-E-R -E on your keyboard. And as you should now see, a $1,000 option for a 72 amp charger will magically appear. It's an Easter egg for an option on the Model X. Very, very odd that they're hiding ways to spend money. Also take note that, unlike the S, the X's onboard charger cannot be upgraded later. It is a one-time only choice, so be sure you choose wisely. Now, Tesla obviously thinks the majority of their customers won't use it, that's why they're hiding it. I mean, hell, going back to our uh, hotline question about what kinds of data Tesla pulls, I'm sure Tesla pulls charging data for all the cars, and thus they know how often people use high amperage chargers, which is probably why they yanked the dual charger option from the Model S configurator in the first place. And now you, if you want it on your S, you have to, on a brand new S, you have to get it done as a post-delivery upgrade at a service center if you really, really want it. So uh, I would definitely expect Model 3s to roll out the same way uh, at, at the end to, to apply this to the future for those of you like me that are waiting. I mean, not only does Tesla's history suggest that the they'll sell the highest uh, profit margin cars first, but we also know that the Gigafactory won't be fully operational when the Model 3 first releases, and thus Tesla likely, they likely won't be realizing all of their economies of scale benefits at that time. Therefore, they're probably going to want to get the high profit margin cars out the door first on, th on Model 3 as well, but hopefully, given how many Model 3s that they hope to make, now remember, it won't be hundreds of thousands per year right away, they're going to ramp up to that, but they're likely going to be starting with more than the SRX did, and they're going to ramp up faster. It won't be as long, hopefully it won't be as long of a wait for those uh, Model 3 folks who do pre-order in March, which is when, you know, I plan to, a lot of people plan to, and for those people that want a lower spec car, hopefully your wait will not be as long, but it is something to be aware of with Model 3. If you're going to get on the list right away, but you want the base Model 35,000-ish car, be aware that the, the higher option cars and bigger battery cars are likely to get built and delivered before yours. Next up this week... Uh, the only really other super interesting bit of news, I thought, this was uh, sent to me. I want to thank John Reinert from nearby Cupertino, California, down in Apple Territory. 
He emailed me a link to a New York Times story this week, and I know you're rolling your head, your eyes already like, oh no, <laughs> what what is the model, what has the New York Times been saying about Tesla now? But this was actually not, not really about Tesla, it was a very, very interesting piece about the hell that many EV buyers, non-Tesla EV buyers obviously, have gone through in... Uh, trying to buy non-Tesla EVs from traditional car dealers. And get this, how the dealers are often incentivized to not sell them either outright or, or sort of in a roundabout way where it, you know, it takes longer to educate the customer. So it's longer, you know, they're spending longer that they, with, with that customer that they could just be with somebody else selling them a you know, gas-powered car quickly. And in some cases, according to this piece, these dealers actually try underhanded tactics to not sell EVs. I highly encourage you to read the piece. Uh, and obviously, I mean, this is, this is unfortunate. And it says to me a couple of things. First, when uh, the, the fact that Tesla was extremely wise to set up their store network the way they did from day one, from, from the absolute ground up that they have set it up this way, they rethought how a car buying experience should be, and they did something about it. Even if they've had to fight the, uh, the NADA establishment, the dealers associations along the way. I mean, if Tesla had tried to set up shop through traditional dealers the way that, for instance, again, to refer it back to my own experience, the way that DeLorean Motor Company, which was the last major American attempt at a new car company did, because of course back then, you know, there was nothing, we could never even conceive of something like Tesla, the Tesla store or the Apple store. But, you know, if, if Tesla had had to go through, partner with existing dealers, like uh, visit your, visit your tri-state tri Audi, Volvo, uh, Tesla dealer today. I mean, the odd, Tesla might not exist if they had to go through traditional dealers because of this exact Thing that's going on with with other car companies uh it's it's just insane what's going on and the, the the fact that the article sort of writes up a number of examples of how the the buyer knows more about the car than than the uh the dealer does than the sales rep at the dealer it's crazy it also leads me to wonder what chevy is going to do with the bolt I mean, the Bolt is coming. It's due in 2017. We'll see if it actually makes it then, just in the same way the Model 3 is due in 2017. But uh, I'm also curious, not just Chevy, but Chevy dealers. I mean, will the dealers be incentivized to sell the Bolts in some way? Will they be educated on the cars? I mean, it's a whole different ballgame than the Volt that, that's out now. I mean, that, that you can go to a Chevy dealer and buy because it's... It's got a gas-powered engine. The sales rep doesn't have to know a ton. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they get asked, you know, they, hopefully they've been trained and educated on basic charging. But with, you know, with only a 35-mile range battery, I think the new ones have, what, 45 or 50. But, you know, I'm sure the dealers just say, oh, yeah, just plug it into any outlet. You know, there's no education on, on larger, you know, higher, higher amp currents. Uh, you know, wall, you know, NEMA 1450 outlet or something like that, a 220 volt outlet. But yeah, what is Chevy going to do? And what are those Chevy dealers going to do? I mean, it could, it could, this could end. I hope Chevy read, somebody at Chevy's reading this New York Times story and, and 
starts to implement a solution uh, ahead of the bolt so that the bolt is not undermined from day one as a result of the middleman in this, you know, the dealer just pulling the rug out from the whole thing. So interesting stuff from the New York Times. Uh, be right back. We'll wrap up a couple things and then be on our way on this Turkey Day weekend here in the U.S. I appreciate everybody just bearing with me this week, again, both for the uh, slightly subpar sound quality with the uh, the recorder being on the fritz this week. Hopefully I'll get it back soon. If I'm lucky, I don't know how long these things can take, but... And then also for the for my blocked-up sinuses as well. I know it might have been a little aggravating to listen to, like, ah, oh, I can hear... And it's just one of those, you know, it's like, oh, there's nothing, it's just, it's just clogged there. There's nothing to be done about it. Ugh. In any case, I remind you that you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. You can always email the podcast, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you're a video gamer, check me out at my day job at IGN.com, where we're covering, oh, everything, video games, all, all the fun sort of uh, entertainment kind of stuff, movies, TV. We've got a lot of Star Wars stuff going on right now with, of course, The Force Awakens imminent. Uh, I would kindly, humbly request that you, now with the holidays upon us, check out my, uh, my t-shirt website, which is nerdstyles.com. I've got a good handful of video game and geek-inspired t-shirts over there that you can check out, purchase. And be sure to subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter. It is fantastic. It's, you can subscribe for free at teslaweekly.com. And a final reminder, again... You can now listen to this podcast in your Model S via TuneIn. Just search for Tesla Podcast and then be sure to follow it right in the car so that you can easily find it once again. I want to thank everybody for listening. This has been Ride the Lightning, episode 18 already for November 29th, 2015. We're into December starting next week. Thanks so much. Have yourself a fantastic week. Happy motoring.